Welcome to the Learning to Thrive podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about real life. And now, here's your host and my friend, David Higginbotham. Thank you for joining us again on the Learning to Thrive podcast. I appreciate you taking some of your day to uh, sit in on some of the conversations that we're having. Uh, we've, we've gotten positive feedback from those of you, some of you who've been listening, and I want you to know I appreciate that. Give us some feedback about uh, what you're hearing. Um, and if it's positive feedback, please leave the comments there. If it's negative feedback, write it on a postcard and put an address on it and send it away to somebody else because I don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, this is David Higginbotham, and I'm the host of the Learning to Thrive podcast. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you doing that. Our conversation today is with two old friends. One you've heard from in the past, if you've been listening to our our podcast in sequential order, Dan Bennett. Dan is a, a great guy that uh, I got to know, Brenda and I got to know with his wife, Tangie, in West Virginia, Many years ago, guys, many years ago, it, I was just thinking a minute ago when I was getting, we, we met you guys in 1992 and uh, you guys were all, you were 14 years old then. In yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going on 40, right? Going on 40. Dan thought, and we had, thought we had it all figured out. Pretty much, pretty much. Tangie's so good. Thanks for joining us uh, this time. We really appreciate it. Dan is there with you, but uh we're you are uh is is the third daughter married yet i I mean yes three the three oldest daughters are married the baby is 19 and she is in college okay yes i was i i I didn't go back and check the details and so i i I kind of missed that, but you guys have had weddings going on here for a while, right? Yes. I'll follow yes. some of those. Well, congratulations on surviving that. That's a thank you. That's a big. Yeah, challenge. we had th- three weddings in nine months. Oh dear, bless your hearts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sleep, rest, peace. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a conspiracy, but we got no, through it. That's really good, Tanti. Thanks. I appreciate you doing this. The and as we were talking just a little while ago before we started started recording um the the conversation that i had with dan previously eventually focused around the the challenge that that erupted in your lives um related to addiction and addictions that dan had struggled with and had been off and on for a period of time wrestling with but they as they always do, these things have a way of climbing to the surface, don't they? Mm, oh, yeah. They have a way of showing up. And just, I'm glad that you wanted to have an opportunity. I wanted to give you an opportunity for to talk about your, we heard Dan's side of the journey. Mm-hmm. Angie, you've been on a journey here as well for a long time, but from the other side of the river, so to speak. I mean, mm-hmm. right. you, you, you've been dealing with it from the wife's point of view, from a partner's point of view. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, just grace and peace to both of you guys for, excuse me, for continuing to press on in this. And Tangie, why don't you tell us <clears throat> when you're looking back at this, at this this issue that's been there? Uh, give us your overview and your perspective about what this journey has been like on your side of the stream. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, funny. It's funny, David. I remember. Um, I think you know, it might have been around ninety-five or ninety-six. <clears throat> talking to you on the phone. Mm-hmm. You and Brenda had packed up and moved, I think, to Kansas City, and um, I had kind of just found out about the pornography stuff. Um, yes. And I remember you were explaining to me about what addiction was like Mm -hmm. and you use this like picture word picture of like a dog being chained to a tree and like it didn't know it was chained and it would try to take off and run and chase things and it would just get jerked back Mm -hmm. by that collar on Mm -hmm. the neck and Mm -hmm. I I wanted so badly to understand what the heck you were talking about. I just did. <laughs> Honestly, you're not the I first like, to say that. <laughs> I was like, "What? I don't know if I get. I don't get. I don't know if I get what you mean." So I feel like I've come from a place of having no clue what addiction was, right? To seeing it in such raw detail in my personal life to the point where um i mean i just have i just i feel like god has brought me to a place of having a heart for those who are addicted you Mm -hmm. know so i've gone from a place of cluelessness Mm -hmm. to anger Mm -hmm. to frustration right um impatience to more understanding more patience, and then finally to a place of being able to actually have compassion, Hmm. you know, and, and mercy for that person who, you know, is in that place of addiction. So I, I I mean, I've, I've, I feel like run the gamut emotionally with, um, with all of that. The, the word that you used at the very end, I think, is the most critical in, in this in this process. And if the journey is going to be successful in your life, <clears throat> if the relationship is going to be saved, compassion has to be the thing that ultimately develops in your heart toward the other individual. And uh, that's you, you. It would be wonderful if we could just start off with compassion. Yeah. But. It, it's it's so very hard to have that happen and uh, it's it's let's go back and talk about what after that that conversation that you and I had where it didn't make much sense how did you begin to find your way from there shaking your head going i i clearly don't understand what's going on here and what's at the root of this how how did you begin to or, or, or how long was it? I mean, did you oh, get the years? It was years yeah. and years. Uh, I think, uh, for me, you know, I had to go through I, you know, I, I told Dan, I, I've never doubted that God called me to marry him. Um, okay. that's, and a, Lord, that's a good place I, to start, by the way. I feel like the Lord used his addiction because he wanted to change some things in me. So, um, 
you know, I had a lot of wrong mindsets and a lot of wrong reactions, but God finally brought me. I mean, I went through a time of, you know, enabling him, covering for him, right. um, full-blown codependency, really, mm-hmm. um, trying to protect his reputation, right. um, trying to protect our kids so that they didn't find out what was going on. Um, trying to protect myself by not sharing with anyone. So sure. a lot of times I carried things alone. Mm. You know, I, I didn't confide in people um, because I was afraid of rejection sure. because of my husband's struggles, right. you know, and um um, I, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's just been a, a total, I feel like a total transformation in my heart. I've gone from adoring and idolizing my husband almost to mm. an unhealthy level when I didn't know everything that was going on to, right. um, not really believing that he was that what or or, or he, you know when you can't comprehend really what addiction is you're like why won't you just stop this sure. behavior yeah, you know stop it you just need to stop yeah. just stop what's your problem just stop yeah and I lived in that place for a really long time and then he would try to convince me that he really wanted to stop and that he was going to stop sure and I think he believed that he was going to stop sure. Um, so we, this time, this, this this time, time, this time it'll work. Yeah. This time it's different. This time it'll work. And, Mm -hmm. um, but really nothing was different because we weren't doing anything differently. You know, um, it was just another promise. And so, um, it really wasn't until things, it, it was almost like the Lord just took his hands off you know, it, I, I think about like when people bowl with those gutter guards, you know, <laughs> God removed the gutter guards, you know, he, he removed the gutter guards right. and we mm. went in a ditch and mm. yeah. And when that happened, yeah. um, then there was no denying it anymore. All my denial just crumbled because there was no support for it anymore. And I finally woke up myself and said, this is crazy. Yeah. This life that I'm living of trying to protect this man who I care more about him than he cares about himself. Yes. And I care more about his reputation than he does. Right. So I realized finally that I was really driving myself into the ground. Like I had lost like 10 pounds. I couldn't eat. I mean, within like a month at the very end when everything escalated, I, I I mean, I wasn't sleeping because he wasn't sleeping and it was crazy. And so, um, I was like, literally, I felt like I was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. You were juggling a lot of things. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. You, you were, you had been juggling for a while, but when things, when the, when the, the gutter rails get moved and things start getting really wonky, other things get added that you have to juggle and uh, yeah, that wears because, you out. Yeah. He, he, his, his, um, where he was at, he had gone into the hospital four times mm. from the month of July or June to August. It was like a two month 
span or something like that. And the doctors were thinking that, well, his sodium was off. He, mm-hmm. he had his sodium issues. Right. But it was because of the drugs and alcohol that he was using. Right. That was causing right. the sodium issues. So he ended up being on like all these medicines and he had this huge medicine regimen. And I was trying to put schedules in his phone so that he could <laughs> remember to take his meds at this time and that time. And he didn't have a clue what medicines he was supposed to be taking. I was like literally like mothering him. Right. And so it it was a big wake up call, you know, for me, it was like all of a sudden the Lord just lifted the veil. My eyes were opened and I was like, I kind of, you know, gave him an ultimatum and I said, you either get some help or I, we're done. Cause I, I came to the end of my rope where I was, I hit rock bottom. Sure. I hit, I hit codependency rock bottom. Yeah, right. I, like, <laughs> I can't do this yes. anymore. Right. And so I just had to kind of make a decision for me and thank God. Um, he loved me enough to say yes, <clears throat> that he would get help. Mm. And and then, you know, that was a whole, that was a whole nother um, transforming experience for both of us as well. Like that whole time that he was in treatment and then went into a sober living home and what God did in our marriage. And um, it's just been amazing. So, right. And when, when did that, when did the turning of that particular corner happen how long ago has that been um he just celebrated a year of sobriety um in october august August. 26 okay august 26 yeah okay i remember we talked about it but i didn't remember i knew i knew it was recent in just the past couple of years and i so you've just celebrated a year dan of sobriety How, Uh, how how does that feel oh it's uh you know, it, it it it's not it's not as long of a, a time as I thought it was going to be. It really feels like a when I when I first had thirty days of sobriety, I thought, wow, a year would just be uh, amazing, just just the biggest thing in the world. But now, Forever. yeah, it just seems like a blip, and I just I know that I am just getting on my feet, and um, and it just it feels like an absolute miracle. It, yeah. it, I've never been sober from some type of addiction since I was 13 or 14 yeah, a, years old. A, a teenager. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's, it's, a, I'm, it's, I'm in miracle territory right now. Big yeah, time. That's and really so good. I, that's, yeah. That's a great feel. Tangie, the, the, you're, you're looking back at the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like you were walking on eggshells at any point in time in that? We're just wondering if this was going to work and Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. like so my I feel like my I'm just discovering I feel like I'm at the age of fifty one just discovering who the heck I am. Because yeah. um I was always just who whatever anybody else needed me to be. Mm. And I walked around on eggshells quite a bit with with Dan before um all this happened because I knew that certain behaviors of mine or pressures or things that would, I tried to protect him from stress. Right. Because those things would set him off and mm-hmm. cause him to act out on his addiction. 
<clears throat> and I had a, had figured this out, you know, and I was like, okay, he's trying to stay sober. Um, so if I tell him that, you know, this happened, then that's going to really, so I would, I would just walk around with all this stuff right. inside and like, keep it all secret and try to protect him from the truth. Um, you know, and not, which, you know, in hindsight, now I look back and we both recognized that part of the reason he was acting out in addiction was because he didn't know what to do with that stuff. You know, I would give, if I gave him something, he was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Because he wasn't processing emo his emotions. He was right. just numbing them. Mm -hmm. So now he's totally learning to talk about how he feels and work through his emotions and own them mm -hmm. and process them. And, um, and it's made a huge difference, you know, in our marriage. And I think in his, um, you know, level of joy, he, he said to me the other day, he said, you know, um, he had heard someone say this, but he said, it's so true for me. He said, I used to drink to feel like I feel right now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Learning, learning how, <clears throat> learning how to engage life in a way that's positive or in a way that's rooted in love. And that's the biggest issue. Learning how to engage life from that place of being solidly established and rooted in the love of God for me and his, his acceptance of me. That's, that's the core foundation for being able to manage life. And because no matter what happens, I, I am, I am always falling back on something when I encounter, I'm taking a step back. And if I'm stepping back on my past performance, that may or may not look good at the time. If I'm falling back on someone's acceptance, mm -hmm. that may or may not be there. But if I'm taking a step back and I run into, I run into the, the overwhelming, always pursuing, never giving up on me love of God, that gives me a place from which to begin engaging with life and, and finding a way to deal with those problems. And mm -hmm. most of us haven't learned how to do that in our childhood growing up. We, we never learned how to respond from that place of complete and total acceptance. Mm -hmm. We were so busy spending our lives trying to earn that in some capacity, you know, with our grades or our performance or our abilities or any number of those things. And mm -hmm. you're learning to do, you're learning to live life in a new way, Dan. And Tangie, yeah. you're learning to live life in a new way as well. Oh yeah. It's a whole new, whole, whole new world. Not to, uh, quote the little mermaid but sang <laughs> that song but we were just reading i was reading the the courage to change um al-anon devotional tonight and it was this reminded me um of what you just said it says um though no one can go back and make a brand new start anyone can start from now and make a brand new end yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's true because because the 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 ultimate end is not going to be determined by what's happened already. The ultimate end is going to be determined by what happens from here going forward. And having having that kind of mindset that recognizes that I'm beginning from a place of being completely and fully loved by God. 
Mm -hmm. The place I am today, whether it was a positive day or a negative day, Mm -hmm. my foundation today is I'm completely and fully loved by God. My foundation tomorrow, I'm completely and fully loved by God. Mm -hmm. And, 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 And I'm living out the reality of that in my life in a way that never has happened before. And, and I'm, I'm 15 years into this journey. Mm-hmm. See, this journey began in real with me years after we parted and uh, we were back in Kansas city. So I have a sense of what it's like to be learning how to live life in a new way. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's wonderful and it's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really appreciate you, uh, you sharing about that. Now going forward, Tangy, the, there there came a point in time when you guys had to bring the kids into this in some mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. Uh, that must have been really challenging to think about and to carry out tell us can can you tell us about that yeah um so you know it's kind of funny what i thought i was i i don't know in hindsight, whether I did the right thing or I didn't do the right thing for, you know, protecting, I just kept always thinking that Dan was just going to repent. Right. Yeah. And they, they would not, not have to be, you know, none the wiser, as they say that they, that, you know, I could just have spared them having to know anything about his struggles. Right. Um, so, so the day that we put him in treatment, um, my oldest daughter, I, I called my oldest daughter and I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm at the hospital and your dad, I'm not bringing him home. I refuse to bring him home. Um, he's been doing, um, drugs and alcohol and mm. he is, he, so I guess he shared with you that he had, I don't know. I don't know what all he shared with you, but that he had toxic psychosis. So he, he was completely out of his head. So when they called me, he called me and he said, honey, can you come get me? And I'm like, come get you. I'm like, you're not coming home with me. So I went up there and I told the nurses, I'm like, you're going to have to get me a phone number of a treatment center because this man is not going home with me. I can't take care of him. So I got a hold of a treatment center and he was literally so bad off that he was, they wanted to talk to him. <clears throat> they said, are you willing to come in? And he was like, yeah. And um, he was covering the phone and going, honey, do I have a cell phone? And I was like, yes, you do. And he said, yes, I do on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. They, he would go, honey, what's my phone number? Mm-hmm. And I would tell him his phone number. And then he would tell them the phone number. He was like, do I have any medical conditions? Like he mm. had no idea anything. Mm, mm, his brain, mm. It was like his brain was just fried. Right. And so that day um, I called and told the girls on the phone um, because at that point there was no way to keep it secret anymore. I mean, I was coming home alone and their dad wasn't coming home for weeks. Yeah, where's dad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and they were all married, of course. But, um, and at that point too, honestly, David, the, the, I would say the, what is the word I'm looking for? The, I guess just like the harness or the the bonds that 
of codependency just snapped. I was done. I was done covering for him. I was done protecting him. And so I just, I told them, I called his parents and I told his parents and they were, you know, surprised. Everybody was surprised because somehow as crazy as it sounds, he was able to keep up appearances, you know, I mean, and he would come home sometimes and I would know that he drank that day. And I'd say, just go to bed, just, just go in there and go to bed and don't come out. And then I would tell the kids he was really tired and he just needed to go to bed early that day. Right. And that's what he would do. And then he would, you know, sleep till morning. Mm. So I totally covered for him. So whenever everything came out and we told the kids, I'm sure it it was devastating to them, you know, and and then I was really mad at myself that I had covered for him all those years, but it wasn't just for him. It was for them too. Like I felt like I was, I don't know. I mean, because Dan, this as crazy as this sounds, he loved the Lord, even though he was, not really able to live wholeheartedly for God. And right. I think that's truly in, in all of it. And looking back, the Lord had his hand on us from start to finish. And it's like Dan had this path that he needed to go down to bring him to the end of himself. And I had this path that I needed to go down to bring me to the end of myself. And it wasn't pretty, right? but it worked, you know? Mm. And he had us the whole time. I mean, I've never felt closer to the Lord than, than the time that he was in treatment and, um, and I was here and, you know, I made a decision while he was in treatment because he was not repentant at first. His, I mean, I could just tell when I talked to him that his heart was not where it needed to be. And so I told his counselors, I was like, he's not coming home, you know? And so Um, and I hadn't shared that with him at the time, but that's just where I was. And I was hurting so badly and I Mm. needed, you know, like the time that he needed in treatment, I needed away from him to just spend time with the Lord and kind of just let, let the Lord just kind of heal my heart and and let me know that he had me and that he was there and, You know, the first time I saw him after he had been in treatment, it had been like three and a half weeks, was it like three and a half weeks? And I swear, I mean, he just looked awful. I mean, some, <laughs> some guy in treatment had shaved his head, you know, and, um, and that's what yes. you love to hear, Dan, right? <laughs> yeah. He had a Santa Claus beard. I mean, you know, his beard, he was so yeah. unkept. He didn't know I was coming told his counselor I said oh yeah 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 because I said I've got some questions for him and I don't want him to have Mm. time to prepare I don't I want straight up real answers and so she didn't tell him and he was so shocked whenever Mm. um he came in there and I was there and um but you know I kept coming back week after week and we would have these meetings with his counselor and um he shared some things with me that and shared with me to the level that he had never, ever, Mm. ever in our marriage shared before. And he was just broken. He Mm. was just completely broken. I've never seen him so broken and weeping over 
what he had done, owning what he had done. And he told me, he says, I don't, I don't want to come home when I leave here because I don't want to hurt you anymore. I mm. need to get, I need to get healthy. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out, you know, what I need to do for me as sure. much as, as you do for you. And so he mm-hmm. was totally supportive of not coming home, which right. blew me away. Cause I thought he'd be furious about that, you know, but he accepted it. And, um, you know, and then we moved him into this sober living house that was rough. Oh my gosh, it was rough. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, God knows what you need, hey, right? Hey. You, you didn't need ease and comfort. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You, you you don't get much healing at the Motel Six, you know. I mean, or the or the or the Holiday Inn. I mean, there there's there's a journey to be made, and that journey, um, it just requires it requires the the word that you used a while ago, repentance. And re- repentance isn't feeling sorry for yourself or sorry. Repentance isn't even feeling sorry that you hurt others. You know, repentance fundamentally is this idea that you have changed your mind. Your mind, you were headed one direction because that's where your mind was fully focused. Repentance is saying, whoa, time out. No, 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 not that way, this way. And repentance is that place where your mind begins to say, I don't want that, even though for years you've you may have said I don't like that or that's not good or that's mm-hmm. not healthy, but you still wanted it. Mm-hmm. And repentance is this place of having the 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 mind turning from one direction to the other, and then restoration begins as you pursue that direction. Mm-hmm. Repentance doesn't produce restoration. Repentance is like that first step. And restoration comes about because you're taking another step and another step and another step and another step. And and that is what I hear you saying is Dan began that process, came to that place of having that switch of his mind mm-hmm. and then began taking those steps that are going to move him in the right direction. Did, right. Is that pretty some, close? Yeah. And some of the things honestly were, so part of the, the healing journey for me was me figuring out kind of like what I needed to feel safe mm, mm, emotionally um, mm. and being able to lay those things down before him and say, look, I, I need this. I need that. Um, this upsets me when you do this or this, you know, and, and him being able to hear that without being defensive mm. and to um, just acknowledge um that my needs are valid and um, make an effort to meet them. You know, as a, as an addict, I mean, you're pretty focused on what you feel like you need, you right. know? Um, and that's another like huge change that I feel like I've seen in my husband. Um, you know, when he was in, full-blown addiction. He was very absent-minded and um, it was nothing for him to leave and forget his computer and have to Mm. drive 30 minutes back to get his computer or Mm. lock his keys in his car or pack his lunch and leave it on the kitchen counter or so on and so on and so on. I mean, all kinds of, I mean, I could name a hundred things that have happened through the years. 
And the other day he came in while I was getting ready for work and <clears throat> I had packed us both leftovers to take to work for um, like taco salad or something. And he came in and he says, hey, I just want to let you know that um, I'm taking the chicken and mashed potatoes today for my lunch. And I looked at him like, yeah, and your point is like, <laughs> what, what, why are you telling me this? And he goes, well, he goes, I just didn't want it to trigger you when you went in and you saw the taco salad. And, you mm. and it just blessed me so much, you know, because he was thinking about me instead right. of thinking about himself. And um, I told little him things. the other day. Yeah. I the, said that the, little expression. Yeah. It's just a complete 180, you know, um, from where he was before. And I told him the other day, I said, you know, I said, if, if a wife, this is just my personal experience, is in a place where she's going, I think my husband's changed. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he's changing. I mean, I think he is. I mean, it seems like he is. I mean, I, I think so. I think I can feel sure about that. He ain't changing. He ain't changing. Because <laughs> when he has changed, you're like, who is this man and what happened to my husband? What have yeah. you done with my husband? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. God gets a hold of your husband and he's right. like a totally different transformed person. That's been my experience. So well, I'll tell you what, I that's just, a good experience to have. Oh yeah. It really, it really is. The, the change that, the change that we oftentimes want to have take place in our lives is rooted almost always, I, and I may, I should just say always, it's rooted in our minds. It's rooted in our perceptions. And going back to this thing that we were talking about a little while ago, if the core foundation of my life begins with the fact that I'm completely and fully loved by God right now, no matter what my day was like today, no matter what it was like yesterday, no matter what might happen tomorrow, that core foundation of being completely and fully loved by God, that gives me the basis from which to move forward and to respond to things that come up. And the more you come to understand the grace and the mercy and the love and the peace of God in and through the stuff like you guys have been going through, the more you're able to encounter that and have that touch your heart, the more the, 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 the change really becomes reality. And it's amazing to see that happen. And Tangie, you, Dan's not the only one that's changing. Yeah, I totally believe that. See, and you, I, I mean, I feel you're like the one, too. you're changing as well. You, you're in that transition and that change as well. Right. I feel like, um, you know, talking about understanding the love of God and moving there's a faith element too that's involved in that. I mean, you may say, "Oh, I don't feel the love of God," or right. sometimes I struggle. I I sometimes feel like, "Does God really love me?" And yet, He has absolutely parted the Red Sea in my life and yes, yes. and had me walk through on dry ground. And and but isn't that what He does? He yes. says, "Go this way," you know, and then He does the miracles. So sometimes mm -hmm. you have to kind of you know, step out believing, choosing to believe that he loves you. And then you see the love oh, absolutely. You know, meet you in that place. A absolutely. I, I was a 60, I was a 50 year old man. I'm counting back 15 years. Okay. I was a 50 year old man 
with many years of ministry experience and walking with God. Um, I, I was a 50-year-old guy with 30 years of, of engaging God in a very direct and, and ongoing way. But I, I, I didn't have that, that core foundation of my life established around the fact that I was completely and fully loved by him. And when that thought began to impound me, just through a variety of circumstances that I'm never not even going to go into, that's not the point, but through a variety of things, it began to dawn on me as I engaged with the scripture and as I listened to other people talk about their own journey. And I began to realize, you know, that the love of God is really clear for you, David. You've always seen it in terms of God loves others, but never had connected with the reality that, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that Higginbotham, you know, the cantankerous one, <laughs> could have everlasting life. And that his love was his love was expressed toward Dan and Tangie Bennett in that before they were even born, before anyone that they know was even born that he would he would move remove all barriers that might possibly come up between them and him and invite them into a journey with him that began to radically transform me and it didn't happen in a day and it didn't happen in a week it happened over the course of about 18 months to 2 years because i'd had a lot of indoctrination and thinking built around that was related to performance in some way mm-hmm. it took a long time for me to begin to really think differently. And there's, you know, it's not a light switch thing. You know, you walk into the room, you flip the light switch, boom. Oh, God's love. This is amazing. No, it's not that way. More of like a rheostat, you know, Mm -hmm. you walk in the room and you click it and it goes, Oh, there's just a little bit of light there. And the next time you come back to the room, it goes up a little bit more and takes some time for that to really sink in. And you're on a you're on a journey, Tangie, of that, the light of God expressing himself in you, in the place of brokenness, in the place of emptiness, in the place of frustration. And it's been developing and growing and and finally it's it's it, no not finally, but it's been developing and growing, and it begins to express itself ultimately to the place where you're able to have compassion for the man who's been making your life. A mess for years, right, Dan? <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, you know, I mean, this is what we're talking about here. When you can come to the place, Tangie, where you look at Dan and, and the issues and things going on, and you feel a heart of compassion toward him, that didn't come from you. That came from the grace and the mercy and the love and the peace of God that's been drip, drip, drop, drop, a little mm-hmm. splash, a little more that's been developing and building in your life over these past months and years. Mm-hmm. And that's a blessed place to be in the same way that that's going on in you. On the other side of that stream, it's going on in Dan. And and the, he's, he's made it over a year and he's moving in toward another year. The reality is tomorrow he's got to get up and face the day and deal with the things that come tomorrow from that same frame of reference. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that builds in us. Yeah, it's, it's, this is um, recovery. Yeah. Has become a way of life for us, you know. Yeah. And um, people have said to me, 
gosh, doesn't that, you know, bother you that your husband does like four AA meetings a week or, Hmm. and I'm like, um, you know, no, not really. And they're like, well, when can he quit doing that? Mm. When will that, when will that be over? And I'm Mm. like, um, that's just pretty much our new normal. You know, it's to me, it's no different than if your husband had a, an automobile accident and mm-hmm. lost the use of his legs and right. was in a wheelchair. That would just be your new normal. You would figure out how to live life around what needs to happen um, for him to have his best life. And for, you know, as he pursues recovery and as I pursue recovery, because absolutely. You know, I, I do, I need to do that too, because I have, you know, trauma wounds from even before our marriage, but, but also from the things that have happened, I have to continue to process those things and work through those things and talk through those things and hold, you know, be accountable so that I don't slip back into codependency. And, you know, I mean, I went from scouring his car and digging through his wallet and, you know, all that kind of stuff on a pretty regular basis to absolutely no, no policing whatsoever, right. you know, but, but it's easy when that's been your pattern for years and years and years to slip back into those old patterns. So to hold yourself accountable, you know, by having an accountability person or being in relationships or, sure. you know, pursuing recovery groups and that kind of thing. I mean, both of us just feel like that is something that has to be just a way of life. That's just our new, that's just our new way of life. And it's just part of what, what has to happen. But, you know, the Lord really multiplies the time that we do have together. And and it's so much sweeter now and so much more Mm. wonderful than ever, Mm. ever, ever before. Mm. Um, I mean, I feel closer to my husband now than I ever have in 28 years of marriage. Um, and I feel like we communicate on a more real level than we ever sure. did before because of what we went through. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for it. I don't want to go through it again, but I look back and I see the richness and the life that God brought um, into our lives through the pain and suffering that we, you know, had to walk through. Mm. And, and David, and David ahead, I, just, I, I just would like to add, I mean, in, in my story, you know, this, this woman right here is the real hero. Uh, sure. You know, yes. I, she, she held our family together. If it wasn't for her, there would be no family. Um, right. You know, as Moses interceded for the, the nation of Israel, she interceded for me and, right. and and for my sobriety and stood in the gap and loved me like like Hosea loved Gomer. I mean, mm. I, you know, I was I'm the Gomer of this story. I yeah. was the betrayer. I was the betrayer, the sure. wounder, the perpetrator. And she was called to love an addict. And you know, and I am so grateful to God for that. And I I could never love this woman. You know, I love her so much and I'm so grateful that she truly showed me the love of God in the mm. midst of this, that it's, I'm just still blown away that she wanted, you know, wants to be married to me. And I'm very grateful. And I tell her this, you know, I'm so grateful to wake up in the morning next to her every day because I don't sure. even take, I don't take that for granted anymore because, um, 
I, yeah, I was, I was beyond human aid and I, you know, I, without her, she, she's the single most greatest instrument God used to yes. give, you know, to give me life again. And so, um, well, that's, that's clearly yeah. true. I mean, it's clearly yeah. true, Dan. I mean, the, and, and yeah. Angie, the, 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 one of the things that, <clears throat> that you were talking about that, that God has brought into your lives through this journey. One of those things is, and will be going forward in some measure and probably in an increasing measure, the further along in the journey that you get the recovery journey is the the opportunity to step into someone else's life. Some other woman who is in that place of, of, of absolute total. I have no idea what to do. And because you've been comforted, I mean, we, you know, we serve the God of all grace and comfort and he does that so that we can't, one of the reasons is just, first of all, it's just for us because he loves us, but there's this other reason that he has comforted us so that we may be able to bring comfort to others. And, uh, the, 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 the need is huge. Mm-hmm. The need is 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 huge. the The addiction issue is one of those almost hidden things that's happened in our culture over years. And the reality is that that it is it's pervasive, and the it's it's a major contributor to divorce. It's a major contributor to uh, abuse. All these other kinds of things and. Um, I just really salute you guys and encourage you to, as you're moving into this next, the next season, the next year, two, three, five, that one of the things you'd be looking for and asking God, is there someone that I can, that you're working, who's you're working in their life? And is there someone that I could, I could help? I could be involved in helping you with what you're doing with that. And I think one of the things that has just really helped my life over the years is being able to pray, God, what are you doing right now? What are you doing today? Is there something going on today that I could partner with you and and be involved with you as you're touching someone else's life? And, you know, you just, you just never know. I mean, so it's, it's, it could turn out to be someone that you know already. Mm-hmm. It, it could turn out to be someone that uh, is a friend of your daughter's, or uh, you know, some kind of connection. And you're going, and you, you think, "Wow, I, I never was aware of that." Mm-hmm. But it still is God pouring His love into you, so that you can pour His love into someone else. And you, the journey that you guys have been on, and, and you know, you're walking different sides of the stream. That metaphor is just keeps sticking in my mind, but it's the same stream. And uh, you, you've, you know, Dan has been walking and learning some stuff, and you've been walking and learning some stuff. And the benefit ultimately is going to be not only for yourselves, but for others that you guys come into contact with, because mm-hmm. that's life is lived in the middle of stuff. <laughs> it is. And sometimes it's not very pleasant. Sometimes it turns into something that's really, really amazing. And you guys are in that place of mm-hmm. beginning to see some of that amazing stuff and the wonderful stuff. And that's going to be life changing to some other people down the road. Yeah. You know, it's cool because even 
I mean, God's already started doing some of that. And uh, we, we shared our story um, <clears throat> at our church with a small group. And the very next week, we had a couple come to us and con- confess that the husband has a drinking problem. Mm. And, um, and they're, the wife's just at her wit's end. Mm. And so, you know, we're, we're pursuing them and, um, absolutely very hopeful that God's going to use us. And he is actually three weeks sober now, the, mm. the, the husband, and he's really trying. Um, but you know, that's exactly what our, our heart is. And, and, you know, my, I had a person say to me, um, gosh, Tanji, now that Dan, now that all this has happened in Dan's life and everything is out, like he'll never be in leadership in the church again. He'll never be able to, <laughs> to minister to anybody. And I said, you know what? I said, if I had a problem, I would much rather talk to someone who's <laughs> walked through the problem that I'm going through than read a book about it. Absolutely. And so it's just a, it's a sad misconception um, that they're, that, you know, that I feel like sometimes it can be a lonely place, uh, even in the church when oh, you're absolutely. going through really, really hard stuff. Right. Um, because a lot of times it's sharing your struggles is not modeled and it's not practiced. And well, it's no. unfortunate because um, that's that's how we help each other. And that's how we, you know, that's how we learn and how we grow and how we connect and, and give each, give people the opportunity to love on us, you know? And one of the reasons that's, that's true is because we haven't understood the nature of the gospel. We, we've thought that the gospel was for the good people who just mess up now mm-hmm. and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the gospel, Jesus, Jesus said, I, I didn't come, I didn't come for the people that were well. I came here mm-hmm. for the sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the gospel is for people who have ears to hear and Dan's waving in the background, me, me. Well, the truth is it's all of us, but we, we don't always connect with that reality. Mm-hmm. The gospel is for uh, the brokenhearted, you know, the poor. Um, the gospel is for those who recognize that they have a need. Right. It's for everybody, mm-hmm. but only the ones who have eyes to see and ears to hear who recognize, man, that sounds wonderful. I would love that. Mm-hmm. That's who's going to receive it. And as far yeah. as as far as active church leadership, God takes care of those things. You know what? And I'm not going to go into that, but I haven't <laughs> been involved. Well, you know, I I haven't been involved in active church leadership um for a long, long time. And I have, I can guarantee that. There's been more ministry, life on life ministry mm-hmm. happening in the engagements and the, the the relationships that I have meeting someone, developing a mm-hmm. relationship. That that's where the when I tell you what, Tangi, you can't stop the life ministry of God from happening. Mm-hmm. You can't. Because the, the the life of Christ in you reaching out and touching another individual, that's ministry. Ministry is where loving God and loving people comes together and touches. Right. Whether you have and, a, and, and a I'm name not on the it or least not. Bit, yeah, I'm not the least bit worried about that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So I know you're elated. not. Yeah. 
to have my husband back. I'm like, yes. who cares? Who cares? You know, yes. I just, I, I mean, I, I told Dan, I said, you know, God has given me my dream husband. And you, oh, good. Finally, you know, after all these years, I mean, I, I really, you know, I'm, I'm just so, so incredibly thankful because I truly, I mean, we thought we were going to lose our house. We had our house on the market sure. i mean we everything we 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 thought he was gonna lose his job i mean and god just was so incredibly merciful so mm. incredibly good and just gave us back a hundredfold what i mean you know what we deserved we didn't get and what we didn't deserve we got we just got blessed he just blessed our socks off it's like if you if you just take one step in the right direction, he'll meet you in that place and just pour his goodness out on you. Grace you know, just, and mercy. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're describing, Tandy. You, you, yeah. you got what you didn't deserve and you didn't get what you did deserve, grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful place it is to be. I want to I'll just you've been really gracious with your time tonight. And I just want to thank you for doing this. This is what we're trying to accomplish here in this podcast project is because, see, there there are tens of thousands of stories out there, people who have been and in the living in living their life along the way through the ups and downs and through the the failures and successes through the good times and bad times. They've encountered the grace and the mercy and the love and the peace of God. And you guys are. are one example of that. And I just really appreciate you uh, opening up your heart and sharing that because there's going to be some people who hear this, who uh, it's going to really touch. And because I know that because there's so many people out there who are walking a similar path. And uh, I appreciate you joining in with me. Uh, this is not the last conversation we'll have. Sounds good. Because, because, your journey continues. Yeah, for sure. Does that sound good? Yeah, absolutely. Let me pray for you guys, okay? Okay. Father, your your grace and your mercy and your love and your peace always bring more of your life into us and we are able to receive just the, the, the reality, how much you love us. And thank you for the way that you've engaged with Dan and Tangi as they've walked different sides of this stream. And I thank you that we're able to hear Tangie's side of that journey tonight. And I just ask that you would you would reach in and touch their hearts in a very special way. And by your presence, help them to know in greater detail than ever before how much you love and accept them and how much you you care for them, even in the difficulties and even in the, even in the struggles. Thank you for the way that you love us, Lord. We bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. Until we're able to talk next time, okay? Godspeed. Thank you for choosing the Learning to Thrive podcast. We hope you have been encouraged. Please check the show notes where you can learn more about today's episode. Give us a rating, tell your friends, and join us again next week. Together, we are learning to thrive.